Welcome, everybody, to the NFL show on the Grilling Truth Sports Network. As always, the Grilling Truth Sports Network is, damn, I sound like dead. I'm screwing everything up. It's brought to you by betting.net. Make sure you check them out. Follow us on the Grilling Truth or at Twitter. Well, hell, that's good. Dan, go ahead. Take it away. <laughs> All right. So I'm Dan Kornhauser. Thank you guys for tuning in to the NFL Draft Show that Mike messed up the intro for. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, my weekly co-host, our resident draft expert, Mr. Sam Teets, a.k.a. the Mock Draft Champion, a.k.a. Damn, I, I should have let him do this. There's always way too many AKAs. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> and our coach, our fearless leader, one Mr. Mike Goodpaster. Happy Monday, guys. At least I don't get an AKA. So that's a good <laughs> thing. All right, guys. Today, we're going to look back at the NFL draft from last, this past week and weekend. We're going to look at what teams we believe had the best drafts, which teams we believe had the worst. And then we're going to give you, at the end of this show, our top five NFL teams right now. And the Cleveland Browns will still not be in it. But let's go ahead. Let's start off with the best drafts. When I ask you who had the best draft in this, Dan, who would be your number one team? That's tough. But I'm going to go with the New York Giants. I absolutely loved what they did with their first three picks. Uh Drafting Deontay Banks in the first round, 24th overall out of Maryland, one of the most athletic corners, not only in this draft class, but in any draft class. He finished with the third highest RAS for his position, uh, RAS is relative athletic score. Uh, he scored the third highest one at his position since 1987. He, he should plug in right away as a starting outside corner for the Giants, which was a position of need for them. In the second round, they went with a guy who they could have taken in the first round and nobody would have batted an eye. Uh, John Michael Schmitz, the center from Minnesota. Uh, he will start most likely as their day one center because there was a gaping hole at that position since they lost their top two guys in free agency. And then Jalen Hyatt. Yes, Jalen Hyatt is probably a one-trick pony, a deep, speedy threat. Not someone who's going to run the whole route tree and impress anybody that way, but the speed is real, and he's another one that was rumored that they would be able to take uh, in the first round, and he fills another gaping hole. They've got a bunch of slot receivers, and now they got their deep threats to, to stretch out the field. I mean, three A-pluses to start, I think that's a win. All right, Sam, who do you like in this? What team do you think came out the best in this draft? I think this is the obvious selection. I know people talk about it quite a lot. I'm just going to say Philadelphia. And part of the reason is because of the players they got, but also because I trust the coaching staff to develop those players. I know they have some, had some turnover recently, but they tend to develop guys pretty well, especially along the offensive and defensive lines, which is where they drafted a lot of guys this year. You go out get Jalen Carter early in the draft. You get Nolan Smith at 30, who some people thought you might take at 10. You get him at 30. You get Tyler Steen from Alabama, who I think has been underrated as a guard prospect, I know he played tackle in, in college, doesn't have the arm length to play tackle in the NFL, but in terms of, like, pushing him to guard, I think he's an excellent player. Uh, you also address the secondary with Sidney Brown, who's a do-it-all safety from Illinois. You get Keely Ringo, who's a highly talented player, really nice linear burst and speed. He questions some of the agility, the fluidity to stay attached throughout the course of a route at the top of the stem, but you could transition him to safety as well if you really want to. And at pick one of those five, that's a good value selection. Stanford quarterback Tanner McKee, I wasn't really a fan of him, but that late in the draft, 188, sometimes just taking a shot at a quarterback like that's worthwhile. And then Mauro Ojomo at 249 
from Texas is a really good player. He's undersized, but he's a really versatile interior defensive lineman. Philadelphia just hitting the trenches, and they do a really good job developing those players. So I'm going to ride with the Eagles here. All right. Now, I think this. I think what we saw with the Eagles is kind of the same thing that we saw with the Bengals in this draft, where they took stuff, they took guys – that right away do not have to make an impact because I mean, let's face it, the Eagles have one of the best defensive lines in football. But don't you think a lot of this has to do with the quarterback money in Cincinnati and Philadelphia and how much of it's tied up and how they're all both of those teams were kind of looking towards the future? No, absolutely. And I think that's part of the reason why I consider it such a smart draft is you get all this talent. And again, these guys get to work and progress gradually. You don't have to throw Nolan Smith out there right away. You have a son lined up there. Uh, Jalen Carr can come and he can play for you, but you also have Fletcher Cox and other returning players who won't be back for you probably next year, <clears throat> but you give them one year to adjust the NFL and work forward. Tyler Steen at guard probably won't have to play for you this year. He'll take some snaps. I'm sure he's injuries. We talked about this last night, Mike. There's always injuries on the offensive line, but if he plays 300, 400 snaps for you this year and transitions to playing 900 for you next year, I think it's a really good learning process. So I think the Eagles did an excellent job here of preparing for the future and making sure they extend that winning window to where they can compete for Super Bowls maybe beyond the next three years. All right, I'm going to give Dan one here. We're going to go to Detroit Lions. Um, I think there is a big tendency here to knock the Lions, Brad Holmes, their GM, for getting a little aggressive and maybe perhaps overdrafting Gibbs and Campbell, a little bit at least in the first round. But Detroit is in a win-big-now mode, I think. You know, Campbell's third year, I believe it is. And I think these are players that can have massive immediate impact, much like Aiden Hutchinson did last year. I think Laporte and Branch also were great values to fill two more voids. And I think getting Hooker, the stash behind Jared Goff, even though I'm not one of these guys that think Hendon Hooker is someday going to be this great NFL starting quarterback, I think maybe he could be a serviceable, serviceable guy behind him, Dan. But when I look at this and you look at the division, I mean, they're loaded at running back. The defense will be better now. Jared Goff played better than he ever has, I think, last season. And I think Detroit shows you right now that they're all in to win now, Dan. I'm not going to lie. On draft night, round one, I was pretty disgusted uh, the way that the first two picks went. And, Mike, it's like you said, it's not because they're bad. I think they're really talented players, and they should start right away and have an immediate impact, both of them, both Gibbs and Campbell. It's just, you know, if you're going to trade down from 6 to 12, I, I was hearing some things that other teams were looking to trade up for Gibbs in the early teens, mid-teens. I don't know if I really buy that. I mean, it sounds good, I guess. And I, I guess it sounds like he had more fans around the NFL than he did in the media or, or anywhere else, but... They were really underwhelming. I got really disgusted. Once I got to settle down and get past my raw emotions, yes, Mike, Mike, you're right. They're, they're going to be useful for us. They're going to be right now pieces. Gibbs should be our top running back, especially after we traded Swift. Uh, Campbell should start right away at linebacker and add a level of physicality, uh, elite instincts, and just that knee-biting that Dan Campbell was talking about uh, when he was first hired. I don't like taking a linebacker like that at 18th overall, especially someone who's not seen as one of those uh, new age prototype sideline to sideline linebackers, elite in coverage, can shut down the running backs and the tight ends out of the backfield, stuff like that. I'm okay with it. I'm fine. Laporter and Branch, A pluses. I love Hendon Hooker and the rest of the class is irrelevant. 
but the top those top five. Oh, real oh. quick, Robert Carter. Yes, we are live right now. Uh, Michael Houghton. We'll go ahead and we'll talk about this. The Colts. He said loaded up on cornerbacks, but only one on the O line. Um, Fred says just as long as Mile doesn't talk boxing, must be me. But Mile is what Fred thinks. <laughs> but when we look at this, let's talk about the Colts because I think this was the dumbest draft pick. I mean, since Jamarcus Russell, Ryan Leaf, guys that we all know can, I'm sorry, Sam, but when I see and when I watch film of Anthony Richardson, he can't throw. So why do you want to draft him with the fourth pick in the draft? He can't throw. It's that simple. When you watch him, his feet get wide. He, do, he does not get his hip through, which means he's not going to be accurate. He wasn't accurate at Florida. He completed 53% of his passes. He can't read a defense because nope. you can tell by the way they ran their offense. This is a colossal error, but it kind of fits with what, you know, Ursay wants to do in India, I think. And, yo, hold on, Sam. Before you chime in, I want to sprinkle in a little bit extra. Even if you look at advanced stats, uh, analytics, you could look at whatever stat or, or anything like that that you want. Anthony Richardson compares – to Malik Willis when Malik Willis was coming out of college. Hey, remember who ripped the Malik Willis pick last year, Dan, and I told you he'd be done in a year. And you and, weren't wrong. And you were. I was. I liked them coming out. I thought a third-round pick for that guy. Hey, all I can tell you is this. When you watch a quarterback throw the ball, when you watch him throw the mid-range 20, 25-yard pass, especially throwing a corner route, if their legs get real wide, they're not well coached because you cannot be accurate that way because if you spread your legs and you go to throw to a corner – what you're going to do is you're going to come up short every time. You're going to go behind. You're going to go in the ground. And the amazing thing, this, uh, hold on, Michael, chill out, dude. He played 13 games. He's not even 21 yet. AR is trainable. He is not. Okay. I can tell you this. Was Tim Tebow trainable? Tim Tebow, nobody could fix his motion. Mitch Trubisky, nobody could fix his throwing motion. What people on the same thing with Malik Willis, these are guys that spread their legs. All right. And, you know, it's like, you know, you tell your daughter, only bad things happen if you spread your legs. It's the same <laughs> thing for a quarterback. Come on, Sam. I'm sorry, but there has to be a little I, humor. The funny thing is, I knew that joke was coming. As soon as she said the first time, I'm like, oh, I hear it. At some point in time, we're going to get back to this. I know it's going to happen. But, but, but I mean, seriously, I, no, I agree with you. you can't. I, I agree with you, though. Like, looking, when I watched Anthony Richardson's tape, he was my QB, I think, four in this draft class. I had him outside the first round. I know that for sure. I didn't uh, have him in the top 10 because he's not. Yeah, I had him ranked like in the 40s, I want to say, just because he is a really good athlete. But again, like you said, starting from the very bottom, the first thing they have to work on when they bring him in to the facility is get his footwork right. And I don't really personally want to have to do that with the quarterback. I'm drafting at fourth overall or third overall. I want a guy to have some basics, fundamentals set up that I can build on. And frankly, and Michael Asgen, he's the biggest, most physical quarterback in the draft. Is Tom Brady, is Joe Montana. You know, big physical yeah. quarterbacks are usually not a good thing. I yeah, mean, dude. Josh Allen is a big physical quarterback. Would you rather have Josh Allen or would you rather have Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes? Those are not big physical yeah, quarterbacks. And, and you need guys that do things the right way. And Josh Allen is the exception. He is not the rule. We have seen quarterbacks like this come out every freaking year damn near. A guy with a big arm, prototype size. Maybe he's an elite athlete, you know, like Lake Willis last year or whatever. Oh, he can do all these wonderful things in shorts. But on tape, they're wildly mediocre for a variety of reasons. And, yeah, Josh Allen came out and he's progressed and developed into an MVP candidate 
but he's the exception. We shouldn't be making these picks and say, oh, well, Josh Allen did it, so this guy could do it. That's that's not how it works. Well, also, Robert says, and to add for AR to keep the job, he will have to take a pay cut next negotiation. He won't because he won't be on the Colts. He probably won't be in the NFL. He'll be flipping burgers with Malik Willis at Burger King. Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, I was going to say with Anthony Richardson, he'll – you're you know, these hungry. teams the teams love the retread first-round quarterbacks. Like, Josh Rosen was still on a practice squad roster sometime last year. So, Richardson's yeah. going to be around for a long time. We, I think we all know that. But in terms of, like, this actual success for this guy, you talked about reading the defenses, going through the progressions. He's like to his checkdowns consistently. He has no touch on any throws that are short or intermediate level. He consistently misses open receivers, both in terms of inaccuracy and spraying the ball over the field, and also just not seeing them. He'll take a – He'll have two reads on the same side of the field. He'll take a guy who's open 10 yards downfield versus the guy who's open 45 yards downfield. He'll just miss the second guy down, uh, that's running at deep. Yeah, because he's got a big arm, and that's what he yeah. wants to do. So bad. Yeah, and also, he's like, you, there's plays against Georgia. There was a great play against Georgia where he throws the ball. It's 45 yards downfield, long, long, suddenly dropped in a bucket. And people love to show that clip. But maybe like a dozen plays before that, there's a guy streaking 35 yards downfield, open up the seam, no Georgia defender within seven yards of him. And he airballs it. He airmails it by five or six yards. You can't be missing those kind of throws. So I understand the physical tools are there. But in terms of just the development, I mean, even even over the course of the year at Florida, and the Florida coaching staff, to be fair, I think was pretty awful this year in terms of their play calling and their offense capabilities. Uh, I just don't see it. Like I, I don't see a first-round quarterback, and I don't see a guy who's going to – I mean, he's going to play this year. Gardner Minshew's not going to start 17 games. Neither is Nick Foles. He's going to play this year. This guy is not someone who I would trust to run an NFL offense right now. Yeah, right, we got a question hmm. from Michael. He says, should we have taken Lamar Jackson? You can't take Lamar Jackson because he's the Ravens quarterback. You weren't going to get him no matter what. The Ravens and him were playing with each other. Or pay millions to Aaron Rodgers. You can't do that because the difference between the Colts and the Jets, the Jets are a team that's ready to make the playoffs right now. The Colts aren't. So you're a couple years away. And let's face it, I don't think there's anything in the world that would have got Aaron Rodgers to go to Indianapolis. You know, Aaron Rodgers loves him some Aaron Rodgers. You got to get the ego going, too. So the, the thing is this, with Lamar Jackson, if he goes to Indianapolis, he gets the hell beat out of him because the O-line's not set. And the thing that drives me crazy is this. Next year, there's going to be two really good quarterbacks, at least from what I've seen, Caleb Williams and Derek May. Those guys, especially Caleb Williams, you know, just lose all your games this year, go get a real quarterback, and then you'll be good. But what happens when you do this especially the way the Colts, they've screwed around with old guys for a few years and everybody acts like those old guys were terrible. They were terrible. They just didn't have enough around them. So, I mean, yeah, there's no, not going to be pay cuts for everybody on the adults because they don't have any, too many players worth some money. Go ahead. And, I was gonna, I'll go ahead, David. I, no, I, no, I was going to say, like the Colts, the year they had uh, Philip Rivers, they went to the playoffs and all. And Philip Rivers was not a bad quarterback that year. Yeah. Physically limited, sure, but I don't think and he Colts was And Colts fans bitched about him. Yeah, and that's the thing. He wasn't – and funny enough, he's not been the best quarterback they've had in the past four or five years because of that. But, uh, no, I think in terms of, like, the Colts, they're not a team that's ready. And you talk about losing all our games, going out getting one of Drake May or Caleb Williams next year. Arizona has, what, Houston's first-round pick next year and their own first-round pick, and Kyler Murray's not going to play this year. Yep. I think it's a fun situation where we could be seeing Arizona getting rid of Kyler Murray next offseason and go get Caleb Williams Ooh. and still potentially having our first-round pick available to get someone else. How well, the other problem is there, though, is how much money does that cost the Cardinals against the cap? Yeah, that's the other situation. Right again, you, but I think you got to find some way out of it. The, the, and now Michael says that the, the, the Colts, your roster. You got to do yeah, something. 
Yeah, Michael said we sold out of nursing home places with all the old quarterbacks, and instead you went to a daycare with somebody who's not capable of playing quarterback, Michael. So, and I'm not trying to be mean. It was a stupid pick. And if you watch the Bengals show, y'all know I Miles Murphy's a good player, but the Bengals need offensive linemen. I'm just telling you what I see, and what I see is this: this is the thing people don't understand. They say, "Well, he only played 13 games in college." Like it's a good thing. It's really not a good thing. All right. The good thing is if he's played a lot in college. And when I coach quarterbacks, if you got a high school quarterback, all right, your window to complete the ball is a few yards wide. When you're in college, it's a couple yards. When you're in the NFL, your window a lot of time is this. And you have to be able to do this. And Michael, you could beat the Kansas City Chiefs in, in your own stadium. You can't beat the Kansas City Chiefs in their stadium. You just can't. I mean, last year they won a game. Big freaking deal. You know, every year when you play in the NFL, you lose games you shouldn't. You win games you should. Tell me what your record was. You know, the record don't lie. You're 5-13. and 13. You had a horrible coach in Frank Reich who you let stay for an extra three years. You've got an owner in Robert Ursay. It looks like Robert agrees with me here. The problem with the Colts is they don't have a vision on how they want to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm telling you, they made a huge mistake at the quarter at the offensive or, or at the head coaching position once again, because I don't think Shane Stetchen or whatever the hell his name is, is going to be a great coach. I think with the Eagles, I mean, he, he was a good coach, but this is what I don't like, Sam. Teams that overly use RPOs to me, it ends up, it'll beat you at some point when a team figures that out, which the Chiefs figured that out about halfway through the game and took it away. I mean, I don't remember too many teams that were predominantly RPO teams that won a Super Bowl. I think, you know, the team that the Eagles had before that won the Super Bowl, they were a little bit. I mean, they did that a lot with, what the hell was his name? Nick Foles, they did it a little bit. Before Air Foles, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's a college offense. And and I'm sorry, Michael, Ursay is not questionable. He's a drunken idiot. And Ballard should have been fired two or three years ago. This whole mess is because of these two men. And the fact that they, as long as they keep Ballard, they're done. Now, hold on. I don't I don't want to shit completely all over the Colts. Draft. No, I thought, I thought their draft was good. But when you make a pick yeah. like this, it is debilitating for a few years. I mean, outside of, of Richardson, which, yes, we all agree, was a questionable pick, all things considered. I think they hit a home run with the rest yeah. of the draft. Brent Downs, Freeland, uh, Addy Addy, Rush. Those all those guys should be at least contributors as rookies, if not a couple of them starters. Downs should be a weapon out of the slot, and I think he should be seen as right off the bat their wide receiver two behind Pittman. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, if this offense is run right, that man should see at least. 80 to 90 like targets out of this offense is run right, Gardner Minshew is probably the quarterback. That too. I was going to say, Mike, this might be the year your boy finally gets a shot. If I'm them, I start Gardner Minshew, and I don't look back. You deal with whatever he comes with, and if you find something, cool. Maybe you could trade him next offseason for a nice pick or something. Not but not going to happen. No. No, I mean, no, no. In fact, the situation. Viewers- like Rich is the guy who's a developmental quarterback who, because he didn't have all that experience in college, you need to – really work on for a year or two and which is something you don't want to do with the fourth overall pick in the draft and it's something that you can't do and frankly chris ballard can't afford to do it because he's the general manager he's going to force the colts to start him at some point ursa will probably do it anyways because ursa wants to win games and you're going to probably lose a bunch of the gardner Minshew. 
So you're going to force you're going to force them to play Anthony Richardson, who's not ready. And it's going to be a college offense. It's going to look like backyard football. You'll probably win a few games. You'll probably have a few highlight plays. But overall, for the course of the season, it's going to be what? A five to six win season? And Anthony yeah, Richardson maybe it'll be Kansas City and Kansas City, but you're still going to watch Kansas City when it's time to watch the playoffs. Yeah, and you won't be watching the Colts. No. And the rumors that Anthony Richardson might start week one, I want to throw up. If I'm a Colts fan, that's the worst possible thing. Hey, this do. is the thing, too. And if you're drafted a quarterback with the fourth pick, and you don't have an intention of starting him right away, you shouldn't have drafted him. I mean, I'm sorry, because I don't think a quarterback at the level he's going to be at really learns any damn thing sitting and watching. Because the thing he has to get used to is the game speed. He's got to get used to the defenses because people don't realize almost every quarterback fails. When we look at the at the 32 teams in the NFL, how many of them have an elite quarterback? I mean, it's no more than five to ten. So, I mean, it's not really ripping on the kid. It's most people are not capable of doing that. And Michael says we would have taken Stroud if he had not gone before our pick. But it doesn't matter because he was gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah It doesn't matter. That, yeah. And, I mean, Stroud, I think, is going to be a good NFL quarterback. But I don't think it's a guarantee. There's very yeah. few guys that are like Joe Burrow or John Elway or Andrew Luck or, or Peyton Manning where you just look at them and you know they're not going to be a bust. Like Stroud played with how many first round picks at Ohio State? Yes. Like the talent difference is huge. And that's the question. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to play in Houston, where you where they drafted like a bunch of drafted like five slot receivers this year. They're all gonna play together. And you got Robert Woods, who's 35 years old and can't break like a four I was seven. Just gonna say. Well, I think you do have this yeah, though. I think D'Amico Ryan's was a good hire at head coach, though. Oh, yeah. And, and to, put him, and to put him with Stroud and to put him with Will Anderson. I mean, you have the makings of something there, and you have the makings of something there that will probably finish just ahead of Colts, and the Colts will be in the cellar. Hey, All right, hold on. Awesome um, we get how is the Alabama quarterback going to see over his offensive line? <laughs> well, Michael, I'll he'll tell you fine. this. He won't because he'll be cut, or he'll just be a backup for his entire career because he's not an NFL quarterback. Anybody disagree? Oh, I was thinking of Stetson Bennett. Yeah, the Alabama quarterback. I don't know. How does Russell Wilson see over the offensive line? How yeah. does Drew Brees see over the offensive line? I mean, my God, Michael. That's Colin Murray second, Michael, doing. you're telling me as a Colts fan, you'd rather have Richardson than you would Bryce Young. I mean, I know you're not saying that because that would be absolutely insane because Bryce Young awesome. is going to be a quality NFL quarterback. I don't think he's going to be elite, but at Michael – if you're surprised, will Lewis or will leave it or will Levis? Same thing. Legs are spread. Can't make the throws. He sucks too. I mean, this is the thing Damn. in any in any draft. That's why they freak out about what was it, 1983, where like four guys or five guys were drafted and like three out of the four or four out of the five all ended up being Pro Bowlers. But and this is the thing, Michael. In a combine, the Kentucky kid will look good. Because there is no offensive line. There's no defensive line. There's no defense, basically. He's throwing on air. And anybody that can throw the ball, that's why Anthony Richardson blew him away. I mean, because nobody has given him, you know, lining up in cover three and switching to cover two is the ball snap. And there's no big dude that's much bigger than him and damn near as fast as him that's chasing him. I mean, the thing is this. It blows me away, the NFL teams that evaluate this crap, it, it like, makes me cringe 
when I hear say, somebody say that this player has a great motor or this player, you know, the, the, he ran the 40 and I don't care if you run the 40 and two flat, yeah. you know, if John Ross ran a four, two, five, he sucked in the NFL. Jerry Rice on his pro day ran like a four, four, one. He's the greatest receiver that ever lived. Oh, hold on here. Where are you? The quarterback is playing for any who played for Washington. He came out this year. He is. Um, he did Penix. not come out this year. That's Michael yeah. Penix. He'll come out next year, and he will probably. I mean, I like Penix. I think there's still some major holes in his game, but I think from his first year at Indiana to now at Washington, much better. But I don't think Washington Sam really runs a pro style offense. So I think Penix is a guy that people may fall in love with. He's probably not an NFL quarterback because, once again, most guys aren't. I mean, yeah. there's a handful of guys every year that even make a roster, and there's usually one or two that might be a successful starter. It's the hardest thing in sports to do is to be an NFL quarterback. And to speak on Penix a little bit in Washington, I think there was certainly you can see the progression of his game over the course of his college career. But even he had like two torn ACLs, he's going to have medicals to check out. Yep. On top of the fact, he's going to be an older quarterback coming out of Washington. Mm-hmm. And really, when I look at him, I know people are going to project him as a first-round player probably going to next year because of the success he had at Washington this past season. I view him more as like a third-round player, really. Like, this is a quality guy you take. Maybe he hits in the third round. Maybe hey, how about this, though, Sam? If I gave you a choice for an NFL GM, you want Anthony Richardson or Michael Penix? <laughs> do I have to? No. Do I, have to? Do I, have I would to take Penix in a heartbeat, and I don't. Think yeah, I think if I had to start a guy week one, I'd probably take Penix as well. I think just the development's more so there. He's got the reps as well. Well, now, the question is going to be: more... Would either of them be good week one? Probably not. They would probably neither of them would be good week. Hey, one. Plus, the thing is this: he actually was successful at IU, and the yeah, thing that's a is IU let Kalen DeBoer get away. Michael Penix went with him, and now IU is back to caveman days. Yeah. So What's the suck? you know what, Robert, hitting a 102 mile an hour fastball is hard, but you only have to look at that ball. I mean, you don't have to see 11 people and know what they're doing and put your guys in the right place. I, I just don't think people understand how good it is to play quarterback. And I coach a lot of them. I've coached a lot of D1 guys. I've coached a handful of NFL guys. And you, I, I've had kids show it to me before that are an eighth grader to throw a ball 60 yards. Looks like they'd be a great quarterback. You put them in an eighth grade game and they shit their pants. Because <laughs> it's it's not easy to do because everybody's looking at you. And Michael, IU has no quarterbacks fighting for the number one spot. They got three guys who are very average fighting for it. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm an IU fan. But I, I this is the thing. If you got three guys fighting for your starting quarterback spot two months before practice starts, you don't have a quarterback. What's the saying? You either have – if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Isn't that yep. the saying? Like, if you mm-hmm. like you need yeah. to have – you either have a guy or you don't. It's yep. quite obvious. Yep. Yeah. Um, and Davis from Tennessee, if he was good, unfortunately, he would not be at Indiana. But the Indiana basketball shows tomorrow night. I think the Indiana Hoosiers look much better headed into next year, even than they did, did this last year. And myself, Brian Moore, and Steve Risley will be on tomorrow night at 7 o'clock live to talk about that all right go ahead dan so worst draft dan huh who had the worst draft i was just about to say so who had the worst one boys who's 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 getting that uh below average grade i've got a couple teams in mind i i would start off with the new york jets 
Yep, that was one of them. Because yep. they crushed the 2022 draft. They did. That was not the case here. A lot of that was, I mean, last year you got Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, and Brees Hall. You could probably, I mean, if you can give me that every year, you can give me a crappy draft the next year. <laughs> Everything's kind of all right. Um, I, I think Will McDonald for um, the fourth, uh, I don't know about that. To me, that's kind of a strange pass rush depth reach in round one. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, similar to the Lions picks. I don't like – I like the player. I had uh, McDonald as 20th overall on my big board. I like the player. I guess I'm, I'm splitting hairs if you're going to take him 15. But it, it just felt like a panic pick because you know that they wanted one of those top offensive tackles. The trade back with Green Bay absolutely cut them off at the knees. I mean, I think it was a panic pick. I didn't like it. Pineapples. Yeah, and also on them, I think their best pick, Sam, was probably Tipman, who was the offensive lineman. But I don't think that he's ready to start right away. What's your take on the Jets? Yeah, as far as Tipman goes, I, I would be all right starting him right away. I like Tipman quite a lot. But for the just overall, reaching for Will McDonald and you already have so many bodies on your roster, I kind of filled a similar role. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Carver Warren out of Pittsburgh, I didn't like him. He's an older player. He's got medical history as well. I really thought like he doesn't have mobility to cover like working on an island essentially. I don't know if he's going to be able to play tackle in the NFL. Abanikanda from Pittsburgh, I don't get. I give him a fifth round grade, which is right around where he went. But he's more of just a one trick pony in terms of the speed. I don't think he has the open field fluidity to play very well. And the other three guys, Barnes, uh, Bernard Commerce, they could have been UDFA's for like Kerrigan Sackens from yeah. Old Dominion is an athlete, but he can't block. He's a slot tight end. He's going to do nothing but run routes and running yeah. a straight line. So I, I think the Jets didn't have a, a really good draft class. Yeah. Um, I think another one, there's a bird involved here, right, Sam? Are you talking about Arizona or Atlanta? Which one? I'm talking about Arizona. Yeah, I'm, I'm up and down about the Cardinals with their draft because they have some picks where I'm like, ah, I, could, I could see that. I don't mind being Joe Gillard. I don't mind Garrett Williams. Mm-hmm. But you've got some guys who have injury histories, frankly. you got someone yeah. like B. Joe Gillard is a bit smaller. Garrett Williams is coming off an ACL. Michael Wilson had like one half a healthy season at Stanford. Mm-hmm. So you're buying into a lot of injury prone players. Paris Johnson Jr. has a lot of development left. Even frankly, the project Jones for Pittsburgh as well. Even Paris Johnson Jr. Were like they're projected the top two tackles in the draft. They are very. And how about the, the thing that scares me, Sam, is the fact that they said that the guy who wanted him was Kyler Murray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping they had convictions on that before that Kyler Murray. Did, did they already the have Madden. Paris Johnson on the new Madden? Because <laughs> that's the yeah. only way Kyler would have saw it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think they had him in Ultimate Team. Hey, like you know league. what? I would take Clayton Toon at quarterback or Anthony Richardson, though. Damn. Ooh, I don't know about that. I did not like Clayton Toon when I watched I don't either. I think at that point, I mean, at that point, I thought I, was, I wouldn't have drafted Clayton Toon at all, like, period. I might have no. drafted Anthony Richardson at some point. I would not have I drafted, drafted Anthony any Richardson unless we're going to move into wide receiver or kick returner. All right. Um, Dan. How about, the, how about the Dallas Cowboys? What are the Dallas oh, Cowboys? Cowboys? What else would you expect? Super underwhelmed. I mean, Mazzy Smith is a solid prospect. He fills a very important role for them. But he was more of a second-round guy in my, in my books, and – 26 overall, it's a little rich for my blood. Uh, Schoenmaker, the tight end from, from Michigan, another one. They probably could have gotten that guy in the fourth round or something like that. He doesn't stand out in any way. 
He's not an uh, elite blocker. He's not like Zach Kuntz, uh, an elite well, Watch your language on the show, all right? Is it Kuntz or Kuntz? Kuntz, we've been over this. We went through this once. We already did this. He just likes to say cunt on TV. Or I mean, he doesn't. So, you know, it's, he's not, not like one of those guys. He doesn't stand out in any way. Uh, and then their third-round pick, DeMarvian uh, Overshone, I have a prospect. But, again, a, a round or two too early. And what what is he really – what role is he going to fill? The rest of their draft class, a bunch of nobodies who are – most of them are probably not even going to be on the team – I don't know what they were doing. They totally shit the bed on this one. All right. You agree, Sam? Well, I'll do like Liliani Foco, the fourth round pick they had from uh, San Jose State. But yeah, I agree. I think all these guys went hit probably around too early, in my opinion. Uh, Mozzie Smith is too one dimensional for me mm-hmm. just to run stuff. Right? I don't think he adds much to the pass rush. Uh, Schumacher is a good player, but still one year of really quality production in college. And Overshone, I think, is a player who's kind of just a guy in the NFL level. If I was to pick a team that I really questioned their draft class, I would actually go Chicago. Mm. I mean, look what the Bears did. The Bears got Donald Wright, who's a quality tackle, who at worst is probably a good guard. But you get Gervin Dexter, uh, Zach Pickens. You drafted three interior defensive line, three defensive tackles this year. And I'm not convinced any of them were good. And the thing <laughs> that's mind-blowing is if you look at all these people who are grading the drafts, the Bears are usually in the top ten. Yeah, I, I – I think it's because people really liked Gervin Dexter and people really liked Zach Pickens. But when I watched him, Gervin Dexter doesn't rush the passer at all. Nope. He's frankly, he's probably given too much credit as a run defender. Zach Pickens gets run over and run defense a lot. Mm-hmm. And frankly, he doesn't have the athleticism to be a great pass rusher, even though it's probably the better part of his game. So I'm a little confused as to why Dexter at 53, Pickens at 64 are getting such applause because they're really not great players. Yo, Roshan Johnson might be their best pick. Yeah, I like Wright. I think Wright starts at right tackle immediately. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I, I think oh, that yeah. they picked him a little high, but when you mm-hmm. look at the fact that I think he's a guy that could be there for the next 10 years, uh, then it becomes a good pick. Same thing with the Lions. Everybody, will they overpick mm-hmm. this guy? But if it's the guy you really want, go get him and see what happens. Um, the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, to me, the draft did not make a lot of sense. I like to do totally whatever it is, a defensive tackle. But, I mean, Quentin Johnson, to me, he's the wrong type of wideout for the offense they run, Sam. Am I wrong there? Yeah, the thought going into this draft class was that they would do something to find a guy who separates more naturally or at least has good vertical speed. That's why you saw Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison being mocked there is because Addison doesn't have speed, but he separates with his route running. Flowers can separate with route running and vertical speed. Instead of get Quentin Johnson, who's a good, like a good athlete, but doesn't play to his size and doesn't really pull away downfield and doesn't win a lot of contested catches. So you pair him with a guy who's aging in Keenan Allen and a guy who's always hurting Mike Williams. And I'm just confused where the open targets are supposed to come. Where are the easy, where's the easy stuff supposed to be in this offense? Uh, for Justin Herbert, it's just not there. They really haven't upgraded this wide receiver room. I think Quentin Johnson in the first round was a, a reach. I had him as a second round graded player. And then the rest of the draft doesn't really build on much money. It's kind of all over the place. Yep. Yeah, and the thing that has to concern Chargers fans is you, you don't know if you've got Austin Eckler back or not. That's right. Yeah. At least not happy. That's right. Yeah, That's he's, the, he's the engine of the offense because they don't have – we just talked about the pass catchers not being very good right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They run everything through Eckler. Uh, I also think the Patriots draft was not very good. I thought Christian Gonzalez, I'm all right with that pick. But outside of that, when I look at this, 
I mean, I think Gonzalez is a home run, but yep. I just it's like most Bill Belichick drafts of the last five years. You look at it, you just say, why? And that's probably part of the reason why the Patriots, I mean, outside of not having the GOAT, Tom Brady. Well, no, if they would just play Bailey Zappi, they would be fine at quarterback. Outside of the quarterback situation, that there's hey, a reason. You don't mock me, but he played pretty good last year, Sam. I know, I know, I know. I'm just laughing because we talked about this like a year ago. I'm just laughing about it. Just the callback. We did. Oh, Mike man, is I got this rude Michael, the Colts fan again. Poor Cowboys like the Bengals. Close, but no. When the hell have the Cowboys been close as of late? Not in the past 20 years. Not, Not in my yeah. lifetime. Stuck yeah. in the catch fence says you're doing great, Dan. And you can st- check out Stuck in the Catch Fence on Stuck, Stuck in the Catch, catch fence, fence on YouTube. Woo! Thanks, Catch Fence. You're my boy. All right, so let's give you this before we wrap it up. Right now, if you had to give me the five top teams from one through five in the NFL, Dan, who would be your top five? Oh, man. I wasn't ready for this. Um, well, you know what? You if you'd have been here early, you would have known. All right. I'm going to say, do I have to really rank them one through five? Or you can do five through one, however you want to do it. All right. Screw it. I'll just do one through five. So I'm going to go Kansas City one, defending champs. Pat Mahomes, I don't need to say anything else. Number two, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. This is still an elite team. I don't care what they did in the draft. I love the fact that they I brought in pretty good in the draft. Well, Mike, I know you have mixed, mixed. No, you know, I, Miles Murphy, I have questions. But overall, I believe you got a starting corner, a starting running back, and a future starting wide receiver. So I'm cool with it. So I'll go, I'll go Kansas City one, Cincinnati two, Philadelphia three. Uh, Buffalo four and San Francisco five. The only reason I'm putting San Francisco five, because I think honestly, they're the most talented team overall on both sides of the ball. The only reason I'm putting them five is because of the question marks at quarterback. If they don't Purdy have a quarterback. Was, that's my point. If Purdy was starting number one, maybe really? even if Purdy's starting number one, yeah. Purdy, a man, how many teams did he beat with a winning record last year? I mean, yo, he doesn't yo, have to do what? much Just to answer the question. He doesn't have to do much. Just don't turn it's the good ball because he can't. Well, that's great. It's no, perfect. it isn't because it don't win a Super Bowl. Do I have Still. to pick a fifth team or can I stick to four? Because I see I see four te- there are four teams I care about honestly, and everyone else. I, I actually I actually see like three really. Yeah, yeah. so you're not counting you're not counting Buffalo then. I'm guessing. I, mm-hmm. I think Buffalo is going to do nothing but drop off because I don't think their front office has done it. Their offensive line was worse than the Bengals last year, which is why the Bengals beat him so bad in the playoffs. I think with Josh Allen, he, he's a runner. Runners get hurt. He's 6'5", 240. It's worked out so far. But at some point, he's going to take a shot, and that's mm-hmm. going to be it for the season. And, <laughs> I mean, it's, it'd be it would be funny if you don't like him. But if you, don't, if you really want Josh Allen to get hurt, laugh. That was really rude, Dan. But – I mean, I, I think Buffalo is going to struggle to make the playoffs possibly this year because I and think – Look at, that, look at yeah. the roster, like the contract situations they've given out as well. Some of the contracts don't pair out really well. Their pass rush is wholly reliant on Vaughn Miller being Vaughn healthy. Miller. And he yep. hasn't really yep. been healthy for the past couple of years. And even if so he is, he's older. We don't know what he's going to do. He missed, you know, yeah. half of last year. And like I said, they lost to the Bengals because the Bengals' O-line and D-line were better. I when the Bengals' O-line better. is better than yours, you're screwed. Yep. Yeah, if I if I had to pick the top three, I I would still maybe include Buffalo four because frankly I'm that uninspired by the rest of the NFL right now. But the other, like the three definitely are Kansas City, Cincinnati, 
and Philadelphia. Kansas City Cincinnati's quarterback play obviously hurts is solid for Philadelphia, but they have the receivers and they've got the good depth along the offensive defensive lines, which is where it really matters. Okay, right now, Michael says Chiefs, Bengals, Detroit, Colts, and Ravens. Michael, that's a little bit of a homer pick. Go ahead, Dan. No, I'll say, Mike, what's your top five? Uh, hold on. We got Robert says, I don't know what Kirk means. Kansas City, number one. Philadelphia, number two. The Pittsburgh Steelers, number three. Buffalo, number four. Bengals, number five. All right. Um, yeah, Pittsburgh, number three. They'll be number three in the division, probably. But I think number three overall is pushing it a little bit. But I will tell you this. Also, Michael says, bye. Make sure you guys check out his IU red chair group. And Becky did predict a quarterback. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, that was still stupid. But not by Becky, because Becky's not an NFL GM. We all like Becky on the show. It's Michael's wife. Um, If I had to rank him right now, honestly, with no homerism, I would say Philadelphia, number one. I would say Cincinnati, number two. I would say Kansas City, number three. I think this, I think when you look at the Bengals, I I think what they just did is upgrade their skill position players and their defense, and especially the defensive backfield. And in the AFC, you either got to have a stud defensive backfield or you got to be able to get out after the passer. And I still think this, I I know they didn't get a lot of sacks last year, but from watching the Bengals games, there weren't too many games outside of that Kansas City game at the end where I thought, man, this pass rush is so bad. I mean, Trey Hendrickson is solid. Sam Hubbard's solid. Cam Sample's solid. All solid. Miles Murphy's solid. So now, here, Robert, us people will not be crying. Two of us would cry, but Sam would be happy. And yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Sam will cry when he wins the Super Bowl. So you got it. Yeah. But it's yeah. not going to happen. I'll cry on stream if we win the Super Bowl because it's, it's not going to happen. This you know what? Hold on. So I'm not really worried about it. Sam, right here, let's make a declaration because I know Mike made one last night and it was gross, but I want to say I want to say a similar one for you. I didn't make it. It was it was Robert, wasn't it? Yeah, Robert well, was the one point It was it was put out there and it was disgusting. So Sam, if the Steelers win the Super Bowl, the first show that we do post Super Bowl, you have to show up in the nude. Well, you're assuming- I have a job now, Rob. I'm not trying to do that. Are you kidding me? I just got a job. I'm not sure. It's according to where you got the job. <laughs> Yeah, I, if you yeah, got the I, job and like right outkick or you know what barstool, they'd probably be fine with it. Yeah, oh yeah, they would absolutely be fine. They'd with that. They'd show a full body shot. They wouldn't just do the headshot. Yep. They, they would be fine with that. But well, I mean, that's not where I'm working. Yeah, but I mean, I just don't know. What are you doing if Detroit doesn't win the Super Bowl, Dan? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do, do every year. I'm going to just enjoy the Super Bowl. Get drunk. Okay. All right, so I would say if I had to pick a fourth and fifth team, I don't know who it would be, but I also know that with this being the NFL, there's going to be a couple teams we don't expect that will jump up, and I think one of those teams could be the Giants because I I know everybody rips Daniel Jones. I rip him. He doesn't deserve $47 million. But the one thing that we have seen from him is improvement, and I think Ben DeBall is a hell of a football coach. And you look at the Philadelphia Eagles. What the hell? How many? How many of the Pittsburgh Steelers always close and they just don't get stronger? Thank you, Steeler fan. Um, but I think we should do a show where I just get to talk to Steeler fans for an hour. That would be you just abuse them verbally. No, I don't abuse them. I just let them speak. And then, and then, abuse them. Well, he just implies. I mean, it's, it's yeah. self, it's self done. It's self done. It's really. <laughs> I mean, the problem the best is, showing. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just sometimes. And Robert's a really good dude. Robert's one of my yeah. favorite people. He listens to everything we do. He knows I'm just teasing him. Yeah, we appreciate you, Robert. You're my boy, Blue. Hopefully he's listening to the podcast version. He didn't see the chicken hand. I'm just kidding, Robert. But, Sam, did you give us yours? You gave us yours first, didn't you? No, I think Dan did. But I was, I was going to go, if we're talking about the top three, I was still going to go KC1, uh, Philly 2, Bengals 3. But frankly, That's I'm just stupid. Three. Bite yeah. your tongue, Sam. There's no way Frankly, the Eagles are any, better than the Bengals. Any of those three are the ones I can I tell think you this. I'm yes. still not sold on Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know you wouldn't be, which is why I'm saying that's why I emphasize. No, it's the, just because of the RPO stuff. And he about. did kind of poop down his legs in the second half of the Super Bowl when they took the, the RPOs uh, away. Yeah, the fumble was a killer. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Exactly. That was like an Robert says his cousin played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who is your cousin, Robert? Well, sit here quietly and wait. Yeah, yeah we'll just wait for him to respond. <laughs> but, all right. Uh, anything else we want to touch on draft-wise before we wrap it up? I do want to remind everybody that, you know, Sam did beat Daniel Jeremiah in a pick for the media. And Dan Kornhauser finished in the top 30 out of, like, 200 guys. Uh, he played at Notre Dame. Chris Brown. Chris Brown. I remember Chad Brown. That's who I was thinking about. But Chad Brown was from Colorado. That was a long time ago. That was, I think it was a long time ago. Chris Brown, no, Chad Brown was not a long time ago. The, the kicker, wrong? wait, the kicker, Chris Brown? Is he talking about the kicker? Well, I guess well, I guess Chad Brown did come back in 2006. Well, there was a Chris Brown that played for, um, for like, I think like, uh, Chris Brown was the kicker, but he was spelled with a K. There yeah. was a Chris Brown that played for him in the 80s. Like 1984 or 85. He was a DB. Yeah. D back. You looked that up, though. There's a I, I did. I have it right on my screen know. right now. I don't know shit about the 80s. Hey, and also, by the way, Robert, I mean, in 1984 and 1985, the Cincinnati Bengals, I think, won three out of the four games against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he played at Owensboro Catholic High School in Kentucky. Owensboro Catholic's got a really good program. I know you guys don't know, nor do you care. But it no, seems no. like Robert does, and I care if Robert cares. Oh, yo, it is it is the defensive back. Is it? Yeah, he yep. played 84-85. Yep. Played I don't know. Did he play anywhere after the Steelers? Nah, just the Steelers, 84 to yeah, 85. Just two years, right? Yep. Started four games, played in 22. Okay, Robert says, but we got six Super Bowl. How many do you get? Thank you, Steelers fan. Excellent, excellent uh, English by a Steel by a Steelers fan. We don't need no Super Bowls. You know what? Maybe if the Bengals, all their linemen from the seventies, were dead from steroid use, maybe we would have four. Also, <laughs> I'm sorry, Sam. I know you're a Steeler fan, but you know I don't take you like most Steeler fans. And actually, I always mess with Robert on every show we do, so it's all right. And Robert did bring up the greatest Indiana Hoosier football player of all time, Antoine Randall. Legend. Was also a failed Pittsburgh Steeler. Mm-hmm. He didn't win a Super Bowl. And Robert just what? told me that if you haven't won a Super Bowl, you're basically a failure. That's what I think he implied was by that how many Super Bowl, how many you get. How many you get. <laughs> how many do you get? Hold on. Here we go. This is here always go. good. What who we got here? We got Vance. Why do Steeler fans always revert to Super Bowls when they're losing an argument? So they got. They got nothing else to go with. 
What else do you need? Now hold on there, Lions fan. I want you to pipe down in the back. Hey, they won it. They won it in 1958, and they went back-to-back to the championship, I think. That's it. There was only like four teams at that time. Fucking Dick Train Lane, baby. Dick Train Lane. Did you just call him Dick Train Lane? Yeah, isn't that the corner? Dick Train. Night Train. train. Dick Train Whatever. Lane sounds like a porn star. Same Jeez. shit. Fucking Dick Train. Goddamn. Will you watch your language? You're not supposed to use GD at all. The F word, if it's a slip up here and there, that's fine. But chill out, dude. I get excited. I'm sorry, Mike. Well, no, as we've you've been on here drinking for an hour, and this is what happens. That's what happens, man. Your hat's on backwards like you're 12. I mean, like a damn toddler. Damn. Hey, Sam, let everybody know where they can find you on the old internet. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Sam underscore T E E T S 33. That's where you can find all my articles and all my prospect profiles. We're uploading four to six times a week generally, so you can go check those out. And those will all be coming out for the 2024 class as well, now that we've got past 2023. Woo! Damn. I am on Twitter and on Instagram. Hey, could you please follow him? He's had like 38 Twitter followers forever. I know. Hook your boy up at DB Talking Sports. D is in Dan, B is in Bob. But you're not Bob. No, that's why it starts with a D. Well, okay. We're going to go ahead. You can follow me at Grueling Truth on Twitter. I have a few more followers than Dan, but you can follow us there. What, Dan? Just a few. Yeah, it's just like 26,240 more, but it's all right. Yeah. And you make sure you like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Make sure you click the link in the description down below in the video to go to BetMGM for all your NFL or NBA playoff betting needs. Who are you picking to win it all in the NBA, Dan? In the NBA? Yeah. I wasn't ready for an NBA question. Took you too long. Sam, who do you like? I would take whoever wins Boston-Philadelphia right now, frankly. One of the two. I know Embiid's not playing the first game, so I don't know what that's going to do for Philadelphia the rest of the way. But whoever wins the East. Robert says the Lakers, which a Steeler fan normally would. But, Dan, you're now up to 39 followers. Thank you, Vance McRae, for following Woo! Dan. Madness. Woo! All right, remember, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, myself, Steve Risley, and Brian Moore will be on for the Indiana Basketball Weekly Show. We will look at their new get in the transfer portal. But we're going to go ahead. We're going to wrap the show up for tonight. Make sure you like, subscribe. For Dan Kornhauser, Sam Teets, I'm Mike Goodpastor. You've been watching and listening to The Grueling Truth, where the legends speak.